God loves announcements. He announced many things. Think about it. That's why we do announcements as a church. Speaking of which, um, I feel to go back to one announcement that I just heard. And even if I didn't feel like it, I have to. It's on my piece of paper. The Global, the global Leadership Summit has been announced, but I need to add a few little thingies to that. It's the first time ever that we actually have, a one, of, we have one of the live speakers in the GLS, in the Global Leadership Summit coming up. Um, yeah, it's, it's the CEO of a very famous hotel chain, like high-profile hotel chain that I, I won't tell you which one it is because we're not going to do commercials for a certain hotel chain live on YouTube because then I have to mention others as well, otherwise I get sued. Um, but it's, um, it's, a, it's an amazing uh, reborn Christian brother uh, by the name of Horst Schultz, and he will come and speak live during the summit uh, this year as well. So it's quite special. The other thing that is, makes the summit very special for us as a, as a, as a um, Head for Christian Church is the opportunity to serve. It's the opportunity to kind of meet some new people in our congregation um, and create more of a family uh, bonding, in a sense, um, doing this together. And for that reason, we need at least 20 more volunteers. So now I could point them out, like to do in the military, like, like I need 20 volunteers, you, 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 you. But um, I feel somehow in a Christian theological perspective, I, I would get some pushback slash emails. So please, can I ask you to, during the service, you know, think about it, pray about it, and check out the GLS tables at the back to register for the conference, A, and B, to sign up as a volunteer. Deal? Thank you. We need 20 more volunteers. It's a great opportunity. You will be blessed volunteering at that uh, conference, I can assure you. Okay, then it's the last Sunday. This Sunday we are doing the Faith Promise Pledge. Thank you so much for all of you who have pledged already. Can I just tell you, um, it's been overwhelming. Um, between last week, Sunday, we, we stood, uh, the amount stood out, uh, on 3.3 million rand pledged. Um, today, we stand on 3.9 million pledged. And so give yourselves a big hand. Thank you so much on behalf of all of the ministries and all of the thousands, ten thousands, if not hundred thousands of people who will be touched by this um, investment into their lives. Um, we are aiming for 4.2, so only 300,000 rand um, is, uh, is, is the distance we have to go as a church. Um, but as always in this church, there is no pressure of giving. There is a pressure of hearing from God. So can I invite you to, at this stage, if you haven't pledged yet, um, to help finance our missionaries and our missions and our missions-related missions ministries, to please think about if you would like to pledge. There's a card on your chair, every other chair or so, there's a card, and it speaks for itself. You can fill it in, just reading it through um, carefully, please. And a big thank you uh, for everybody who has um, uh, pledged uh, last year, because our pledge last year was 5 million rand, and uh, today what came in was 5 million I memorized this, so just give me a little, I need to find it, it's, I think it's here. Five, yes, I just hold it. It's 5,192,247 rand. There we go. Yeah. It's incredible. So over 100% came in. So we can do the same, right? We pledge 4.2 and, you know, next year 30 million comes in. It's fantastic. I told you at the beginning of the service, we come and we believe. We come and we believe God is our great multiplier. He never diminishes. 
We come and we believe. So our focus today is the Hatfield Beyond, like I alluded to earlier. And for that reason, we have a couple of our ministries, our Beyond Ministry, Prison Ministry, Hatfield Children Homes. So if you can, you can put on the slide of the, ah, there we go, yes, the, the parents of our three homes. And there's some couple of other ministries. Please check them out. We've got uh, on there Sean and Chantal Alexander. Um, if anybody has a word of knowledge, you can point them out. They're on the left. There you go. Yeah. Um, and they have four children of their own, and they have two adopted children, and they have fostered six uh, children over the last uh, seven years. And then we've got Ron and Audrey uh, Etherton at Little Angel's Home, and they have been fostering for 16 years and looked after 35 children to date. And then Antoinette Grayling at Naledi, uh, Na the lovely lady on the top right. And Naledi Home has been running for 11 years, and um, she has looked after 25 children over that period. So, real amazing people that you have been enabled to do this through your giving at Faith, uh, faith Promise. Um, well, I guess also Faith Promise, because you lose faith if you pledge and you don't deliver, but you always deliver over 100%, so well done. Um, so, within also a big thank you, we know for a fact that many of you have fostered children over the years. Um, and you are not on slides, but you have done, you have taken children into your homes. You have taken care of many of the young ones that are orphaned in this nation. And we want to, as a church, want to say thank you so much for the spreading of the love of Christ. Every child that you've taken under your care, whether it was for one day, for two weeks, or for a couple of years, we don't know who you are, but we know that you are amongst us. And uh, you are unsung heroes, and we want to really, really thank you for that. And also for those who have adopted children. We have over a million uh, orphan children in our nation, and uh, many of you over the years have adopted children. And I can speak from my own experience that this ministry makes a difference, not just in the lives of the children, but also the parents. My own brother from Holland uh, adopted a South African girl through one of the ministries that started at Hatfield uh, about four, four, four and a half years ago. And uh, Lungile. And uh, so she's in Holland right now, and she's, she, it's an amazing thing. I, you have changed my brother's and my, my, his wife's life, my family's lives by enabling and giving through Faith Promise. You've, you've changed families' lives that I know and friends of mine and the environment in Holland because the story comes with the child. It's not just a child and a family. It comes with a story, and it's the story of Christ. And so thank you, even on my personal level, thank you so much for giving over the years. Um, there is a slide with an SMS. Yeah, praise God. I mean, all the glory to him. There's a slide with an SMS. If you would like to pledge by SMS and you don't feel comfortable filling in the pledge card right now, but if you have filled it in and in the last five minutes, please, after the service. Uh, no, sorry, not, not true. There is a um, plastic um, container that can go around on your left at the end of every row, and you can put the pledge cards in there, and our lovely volunteers will, um, will collect them. And there's also an SMS number, there it is, 0835011160, type your name and the amount, and the pledge per month, um, or once off, once off. So, we're still aiming for 4.2 million, and I have no doubt, like every year, the last 13 years that I've been in Hatfield, that this congregation will give joyfully from their heart, and a year from now, 
the pledge will be cashed in with more than 100%. Just give it a minute or so more. Can I invite um, LH to please come onto the stage? Drum roll, please. <laughs> yeah, I want to, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. That's Gotso, our drummer. Thank you, Gotso. Well then, amazing guy, Gotso. Met him like eight, nine years ago in Zanin, uh, in some conference. He was like tiny kind of boy, 14 year old or something, or 15. And he told me, oh, I want to, I want to play drums. I, I, I preached in a church there, and he says, like, oh, I know you're a drummer. And so I just felt, I, I didn't even recognize him when he came to Hatfield, but I gave him my drumsticks. It's like, oh, it's fine. So I prayed for him and gave him my drumsticks and said, oh, just practice, because he says, yeah, I don't have a teacher, but I need drumsticks. So I gave him my drumsticks, drove back to Pretoria. That was the end of it. And it's like six, seven years later down the line, I didn't recognize him. He walks into the church because he, you know, he, you know, he, he, um, he studied in Pretoria. So he, um, he introduces himself to me, and I still didn't recognize him. And he said, well, I haven't had lessons, but you gave me your drumsticks, and, I, and I've been practicing, and I would like to audition for the worship department. So I went like, oh, okay, well, no lessons at all, pair of drumsticks. Um, okay, well, praise the Lord, amen. Let's see. Uh, and he sits behind the drum kit, and he gives himself a count in, and he plays like this. Like, really? It's like, it's almost irritating. I practice a lot. With all, you know, I'm a drumming lecturer at the university. And here's this guy. I, so in the last five years or so, I literally gave him two lessons, like, many years ago. And the rest is just, I praisegod.com. I watch some YouTube, and there we go. I'm a volunteer at the church. That's the kind of people we work with, and that's the kind of God we serve. Amen. Good morning. It's an honor and a privilege to be here and to share God's word with you. Without any further ado, let's open in Mark chapter 10, verse 17 to 31. Mark chapter 10, verse 17 to 31. If you're there, say amen. amen. Otherwise, it will be on the screens also. <laughs> I'm reading from the NIV version. It says, the title, The Rich and the Kingdom of God. But we can also call it the story of the rich young ruler. Verse 17 starts off by saying, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. Verse 20. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. 
Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? I mean, there's not a chance. Jesus looked at them and said, with men this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Then Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. How oh, what? You can't say this to us. <laughs> Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for, them, for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields. It sounds like a rap song. Along with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Your word is life. As we open our hearts, Lord, I ask that you would speak into our hearts, that we would respond to you appropriately as you want us to, in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the story of the young rich ruler. This young man came and he was saying to Jesus, what must I do to acquire the eternal life? But before we get into this story of this young rich ruler, I would like to take your focus a little bit on the beginning of this chapter, of Mark chapter 10. One of the interesting facts about this story is that it appears in all the three synoptic gospels. Three synoptic gospels, synoptic means similar, same. It's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Those are called the synoptic gospels. In those gospels, we know for a fact that in Matthew 18, this, in Matthew 19, this story appears. We also know that in Luke 19, this story appears in the same way, the same young man. But interesting, in all those chapters, Jesus was talking to the crowd about certain things. The first part that Jesus addresses in this chapter is the issue of divorce. He highlights the fact that marriage is important. And if you are to be part of his kingdom, that you must understand the value of marriage. And so Jesus addresses this issue of marriage and divorce. The second part that Jesus addresses just before this young man comes to him and fell at his feet, the second one was that the kingdom of God is like, it has to be taken in like a little child. You have to believe like a little child to be able to accept the kingdom. And nothing else needs to hinder you. And so Jesus addresses these two main issues. And so I thought, why does Jesus do this? Why does the, the people who were writing these synoptic gospels felt that this story was so important, it had to appear in all of them? You see, I would like to start off 
by saying this. Jesus is not only the savior of the world. Jesus is also the king of the world. You see, Jesus, we say, Lord Jesus, or Jesus Christ is Lord. The word Lord can also mean owner. Jesus Christ is not only our savior. Jesus Christ is our king. He owns us. And so he was saying and addressing the people and the crowd of the day, and he was saying to them, listen, understand, grab hold of this. The kingdom of God is not that I will only be your savior who comes and cleanses your sin and welcomes you and hugs you and becomes only your friend and buddy. I'm also a king, and a king has to exercise what? Authority. And so there are principles that we need to apply in our relationship with the Lord to understand that Jesus doesn't only save us. Jesus also wants to lead us and guide us and be our king. And so we cannot continue in our own way, live in our own way as if Jesus, even if I do something wrong, Jesus will forgive me, Moses. If I commit something, Jesus will forgive me. Jesus will make it right. Does Jesus forgive? Yes, he does forgive. But not when we continue to live a life not worthy of the call that we are supposed to live by. There is a call on our lives to be righteous, to walk with the Lord. And so, why am I mentioning these parts to you? Is this. The Bible says in verse 17, the young man ran. It means he was in the crowd. He ran and he thought, surely these things that Jesus is talking about, surely I have done all these things right. I need, my, I need approval to know that I've got this. I need approval from Jesus to know that I'm doing the right things and I did the right things. But he knew deep down inside something was missing. He knew deep down inside that he lacked something. And so that's why he ran and he fell at Jesus' feet. And he said, how do I acquire eternal life? How do I do this thing? Interesting, it starts off by saying, when he ran and he fell at Jesus' feet, he says to uh, Jesus, Good teacher, good teacher. Jesus says, why do you call me good? Only God is good. A good translation there, actually it should say, why do you call me good? Do you recognize that I'm not only just near human, that I'm God? Jesus is saying to the young man, are you recognizing something in me? Are you recognizing that I'm not just a man? Is it what you are saying? And then Jesus continues to tell him about the commandments. And so, the title of our message this morning is 
Kingdom living. Kingdom living. Kingdom living requires us to follow some key principles. And so I would like to share with you four main key principles. Four main key principles. And these are the ones that the young man felt that he had done them. And he deserves eternal life. Teacher, what must I do? I've done all these. And the first main key principle is this. Kingdom living requires our devotion. Kingdom living requires our devotion. You cannot say that I live for the Lord and I love him, but you have no devotion towards him. You haven't put him to be number one. Your life is hindered by so many other things because you're doing life your own way. And so kingdom living requires our utmost devotion. How do we show that we are devoted to the kingdom of God? The Bible teaches us when Peter was talking to the crowd in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, the Bible says that when Peter was preaching, they were cut to the heart and they asked him a question, what shall we do? And his response was, repent and be baptized. You see, our total devotion needs to have some form of evidence that we have committed ourselves to him. So the kingdom requires our utmost devotion. We are called to repent from a sinful lifestyle. We are called to repent from a sinful lifestyle. We are called to live a life worthy of our calling. Our devotion has to be displayed. And so this young man felt that he has displayed these commandments by not lying and, and not uh, committing murder, honoring his father and mother. He felt that, man, I've done it all. He has shown his devotion to the Lord. Not only that, but we are to repent and be baptized. It's like when a couple gets married and they bless them and they pray for them. Uh, two things are important. We need rings and a kiss. <laughs> Evidence, Baba. <laughs> and so we are called to show our devotion. And we are to carry those symbols with us. And the symbol of our devotion is when we turn and repent from a sinful lifestyle into a lifestyle that honors God. And we are to be baptized as evidence of what our commitment is. So the kingdom, the first principle is exactly that. If we're going to live in the kingdom of God, it requires our utmost devotion. How is your devotion to him this morning? This young man, after Jesus say, said to him, you've done these things, you have to do these things, 
you know, don't, don't commit adultery, you know, love your mother and father. The young man said to Jesus, I've, I've done these, Lord, since I was a boy. And the Bible says in verse 21, we just read earlier, that Jesus loved him. Jesus felt love towards this young man. And so he had done all these things. He had committed himself. He showed devotion. He had done all these things. He had a commitment, total commitment to the Lord. This leads us to our second main key principles of living in the kingdom. And the second one is this. Kingdom living requires our utmost obedience. Kingdom living requires our utmost obedience. You cannot live for God and live for yourself at the same time. Kingdom living requires our submission to him. To submit under his command, to submit under his ways. We cannot just do our own thing. The kingdom requires our humility to humble ourselves before the Lord and to live for him. Now, I would like to share a story with you. It happened a couple of days ago, so it's still fresh. (laughs) I was driving, rushing somewhere. It was early in the morning. And I was waiting at the traffic cycle. It was a very busy intersection. And I was waiting at the traffic cycle, and other cars were going through. And then it was my turn to come through. And I drove in the traffic cycle. And in the middle of this traffic cycle, somebody that was on the other side was trying to get in. And this car, I saw it. While I was in the middle of the traffic cycle, I saw this car coming in. And then I stopped right in the middle of the traffic cycle. I've never seen this before. Normally we give each other a chance, at least in Zanzi for sure. (laughs) But this time, nobody gave me a chance. And so the car was just going in while I was in the middle of the traffic cycle. I would have bumped that car on the door side of the passenger. And now, I stopped and I saw a window opening up. And I saw this lady. I don't know what she was saying because she started talking in sign language. (laughs) But for some reason, I don't know sign language, but that part of sign language, (laughs) I understood. And right there, something came in me. I went. (laughs) Because she was definitely in the wrong. I'm in the middle of the traffic cycle. She just decided to come in. And now she's showing me sign languages. 
And so I couldn't keep it in. I felt, I felt the Lord nudge to say, that's fine, stop and let her go through. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I shouted as loud as I could in the car. Hey, when tomorrow, man. Immediately after that, oh, the guilt in my heart. Yucky, yucky, man. No. I felt, I felt that the Lord gave me just a moment to respond in obedience to him and not to my temper. And right there, I missed an opportunity and I had to repent. Now, the kingdom requires our utmost obedience. Not sometimes, not most of the time, always, always. Well, this young man said to Jesus, I've done it all. I've kept these. I don't know about his temper. I know about mine. The Lord is still helping me. And so, in that time, this young man, Jesus loved him, looked at him, and Jesus said to him, one more thing. Hey, one more thing. I've done all these. One more thing, one more thing, go and sell everything and give it to the poor and come and follow me. That is hard. When I read this a couple of times, I thought this is difficult. Who can do this thing? Now this point leads us to our third main principle main key principle. Not only the kingdom requires our utmost devotion and our utmost obedience, the kingdom requires our utmost surrender. Are you willing to surrender when the Lord asks of you to surrender? You see, there's a difference between giving up and surrendering. Giving up, it means I can't do anything about it anymore. I, I, I just let it go. I just throw it out there. It's fine. Whether it happens or it doesn't, it's fine. That's giving up. Then there is surrender. Surrender, you willingly give control. You hand over control. And so Jesus is saying, you must be willing to let go of control of what you have. And so the Lord calls us in the kingdom, if we are to live in the kingdom of God and apply his key main principles, we are to be willing to surrender to him. We are to surrender our desire and ability to get stuff to happen, to make things work. We need to learn to wait 
on him for God to act in his way, in his time. That part of surrendering is not an easy one. Because we, there's a desire inside of us to, to grab hold of stuff, to, to see a greater outcome. But when the Lord leads you, you are to let go of control. You are to surrender to him. And so Jesus is saying, are you willing to surrender all of these to me? Are you willing to let go and let me? The Bible says that the young rich ruler was sad and his face fell and he walked away sad. He wanted Jesus to approve him and say, yes, well done. You've done so well. You've acquired eternal life just by the way you live. Jesus wanted this young, rich ruler to admit that, Lord, I can't. I just cannot do this in my own strength. I just shared with you my story now. I just cannot do it in my own strength, but I desire to let the Lord help me to do life in the kingdom. Are you willing to allow him? Are you willing to surrender to him? Are you willing to surrender control and wait on him when circumstances demand that you act? And this leads us to the fourth main key principle. Kingdom living requires our utmost trust. Kingdom living requires our utmost trust. Because Jesus says to the young man, sell and follow me. In other words, will you depend on me? Kingdom living requires our utmost trust. Trust in what? Trust in his faithfulness. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do you have full trust in him? That's why the disciples were shocked. They said, who can be saved then? There's no chance. And Peter said, Lord, but we've left everything. Brother, sister, mother, property. We've left everything. Who can be saved? I love what Jesus said right there. With men, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. You know why? Because it's only in Jesus that all these principles are fulfilled. It's not in our works that these are fulfilled. It's only in Jesus. Jesus wanted the young man to admit, you know what, I realize it's not enough what I'm doing and what I can do to acquire eternal life. It's only in you, Jesus, 
that I'm able to acquire eternal life. It's not in what you do. It's not in your effort. It's not in your works. It's only in Jesus when we put our trust in him. When we realize that Jesus is the truth, he's life, and he is eternal life. Only then we experience true living in the kingdom. It's only through him that we experience true kingdom. So I bought a prop with me. Mustn't jump out. Joking. These are the keys living in the kingdom that we must devote ourselves in the kingdom of God. We must be obedient in the kingdom of God. We must surrender in the kingdom of God. We must trust him completely. But Jesus said to this young man, you've done well, but this is still not enough. This is still not enough. I would like to invite the worship team to come up, please. Perhaps in your life you felt that you have done all these and the statement from Jesus this morning, from his word, not me, says that it's still not enough. Jesus is the one who said to this young man in a way, I'm the only one who's enough for you. I'm enough. Not what you can do. I am enough. And so Jesus this morning is asking you, will you be willing to give me these? Let go of these. Give it to them. He doesn't say throw them away. Remember, Jesus fulfilled all these. And if he fulfilled all these, anyone who believes in him will have eternal life. John 3 verse 16. And so when we believe and when you take him in your life, he does a proper swap, which I appreciate very much. He takes these and he says, yes, but it's not enough. You are to accept me and believe that I'm the only one who can actually help you through this. And then he takes these away and then he gives you the main key. And that key is eternal life in him. When we believe in him, when we put our trust in him, when we devote our lives in him, when we utterly surrender our lives to him, when we obey in him, when we trust in him. Perhaps you felt that I 
I haven't been able to meet up God's standards. I haven't been able to take hold of that which he shares or which he, he says to me. And you felt that it's been so difficult to do that. This morning, the word is for you. It is in Christ that we are made whole. It is in Christ that we are enabled to live a righteous life worthy to be called his children. But perhaps also this morning you sit here and you've never decided or chosen Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And you've gone on your own way, devoted to yourself, obeying only yourself, surrendering to yourself, trusting yourself. And perhaps the Lord this morning is talking to you. And he's saying it's time that you come, that you respond to knowing me, to loving me, to living for me. And so I would like that in this time, if you are willing and open, and the Lord is talking to you even in this, in this moment, that you would respond to him. You see, for us, those that have said, Jesus, come and be Lord of my life, the principles apply because Christ in you, he is the hope of glory. But to those that haven't made that decision, you're missing out on a great relationship with him. And so I would invite all of us to bow our heads and close our eyes. And perhaps it is you, it is you that need to respond, to respond to this prayer of salvation and to say, Lord, come and be the king of my life. I don't want to live for myself anymore. Lord, I want to live for you. If that is you this morning, and even if you, you feel that you have went astray and you have gone and done your own thing, even though you knew the Lord, you can also pray this prayer. I would like to make a request that everyone that has prayed that prayer, that as I, as I lead this prayer, that you would pray as support and encouragement for those that also need to pray. And so I would ask that you please uh, pray out loud in this auditorium. Follow me in this prayer. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I ask, Lord, that you forgive my sin. 
this morning, Lord, I choose to commit my life to you. I believe that you've died for me. I believe that you rose again so I can be saved. Lord, this morning, I choose to trust in you, to walk in your way. I ask, Lord, that you guide and help me to do your will. In Jesus' name. is a beautiful prayer because the Bible says that in Luke 19 that uh, there's a rejoicing in the heavenlies when one person comes to the knowledge and accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so I would like to ask everyone in the auditorium to please stand. I would like to ask the pastors and the leaders and the prayer team to come in the front. Perhaps you know that you've prayed that prayer and you know that it it was truly from your heart. You see, with the Lord, we believe in our hearts and we acknowledge him openly because what he has done for us is so great. And so I would like to put one more challenge before you this morning, that you would respond by coming out from your aisle, wherever you are sitting, grab your belongings, your bag, and come in the front. We want to pray with you and to seal this decision that you have taken in the Lord so that you may know and experience true kingdom living in Jesus Christ. And so if you are here this morning, I would like for you to step out and come in the front We are waiting for you. Can we clap hands as the people come out and we thank the Lord for them. If it's you, come. We will wait for you. We will wait for you. We thank the Lord. And if you're still there, you're coming down the balcony, we will wait for you. But I would also like to do a prayer of blessing over you as you go out this morning. Father, I want to thank you for each and every individual here. Thank you, Lord, that in you we live, we move, and we have our being. Lord, I pray for each and every person that's here, Lord, that we will truly experience kingdom living. May he who is able to present you before the Father, may he be the one that continues to walk with you. To him be the power, the glory, and the honor today and forevermore in Jesus' name. Amen.